0: Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that into the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. Where in the world do all of y'all come from? Good grief. It's amazing. Well, I'm nervous now. (laughs) It is good to see everybody here today. Uh, Way back when, (laughs) it kind of sounds like a fairy tale, once upon a time long ago, I ended up in a rodeo, and uh, in a in a little podunk town called El Dorado, Texas, and and you know like like a lot of towns, you know, you, you, it's spelled El Dorado, but you can always tell who the new people are because that's how they pronounce it. But it's El Dorado, Texas, and I was signed up in the bareback ride, and me and some buddies went over there and everything, and. And I hadn't ridden since college, and so we got back there behind the shoots, and we was all entered up. And and, and I noticed something that, that I had seen a lot of times, and, and just, you know, a lot of times you see things, you just don't really pay attention to... Uh, to the way things are done. And it was so funny because, you know, I, I get back there and I've, I've got my rigging bag and everything and I know what horse I'm going to draw and, and I'd seen him buck before and uh, I knew I had my work cut out for me and everybody was either walking up and congratulating me or, or apologizing to me beforehand because this thing was, was pretty rank. But I got back there, and there's all the bull riders, and, you know, they're rosining up their ropes. And, and bull riders have a, a certain set of, of calisthenics that they do before they get on. I mean, you'll see them back there, and they're doing this, and, you know, and and they're you know, bending down and jumping up, bending down and jumping up. And, I mean, I was getting asthma just watching them, so I just sat on the deal and I just puffed on my asthma inhaler because they was wearing me out. And um, th- then you've got your saddle bronc riders. They've all got their saddles sitting on the ground, and, and they're putting some rods in on the swells and everything, and they're right there, and, boy, they're uh, getting it right there on the ground. And uh, that would have bucked me off just by doing that. But, you know... I, what do bareback riders do? Because, you know, you can always see the rough stock riders in the back. Um, you can tell them different from the ropers because they're all over there clean and and holding their ropes and everything. And all the rough stock riders, the, the dummies, they're they're over here uh, doing their, their calisthenics. And I thought, you know what? I don't really have any type of rodeo calisthenics to do, So so I just jumped off the the pipe on my head and started flopping because that's about how I rode bareback. And so I had three cowboys trying to give me CPR, and that was not going to happen. I don't like, uh, even though I dipped at the time, I I, I don't like, you know, why y'all girls kiss him, I have no idea. Y'all are sick. And so, anyway, after I got done with my calisthenics, you know, bareback is usually the first event. And, boy, I see this big old dun horse come in, and, and he goes up in the chute, and they're getting the, uh, they're getting the flank strap put on him, and I lower my bareback rigging over there, and I've got my old hand stuffed in there, and uh, I, I had a bunch of uh, petroleum jelly in my fingers because I wasn't that good, and I didn't want to get hung up. And, you know, if I came out, then I'd just say, ah, oh, gum. But anyway, I had everything ready to go. And, you know, there was another time whenever, uh, and I'll come back to that. Have you ever been, I had a message from from my boss whenever I worked in Odessa for an inventory, uh, I was inventory manager for a company, and I got a call from the the big wig owner. And he said, hey, can you play golf? And I was like, "Well, no, but I can have fun. He said, well, we're, uh, one of our teams were having a tournament in Odessa this morning, and one of our team members wasn't able to come. So do you have some golf clubs? And I said, yeah, my brother's got some there in Midland. He said, run, get them, and meet us out there. And I was like, okay. So I called up my brother, and he goes, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to play golf. He said, do you even know how to play it? And I said, well, yeah, you all got to do is hit that little ball. Cowboy, I can hit a ball. And so anyway, I go get everything gathered up, and I'm dressed just like this. And so we get up there, and there's there's a four-man team against a four-man team, and there was an A group, and then there was a B group. So there was another four-man team against a four-man team. So if you do the math, there was like 12 of us standing there. And, well, actually, there was, let's see, four, four, eight, sixteen, 16. And um, there was 16 of us standing there. And anyway, we were in the A group, and we were starting out on hole number 18, and I'm sitting there, and I've got, I, I don't know, I've got the big club, because that's what I called it, the big club, and I'm standing there with my big club and this little ball, and and, and that ball keeps getting smaller and smaller as I look at it, and they said, uh, and, and I knew what was going to happen. You know, you just have that feeling. The boss pays for everything and he says when we hear the horn go off for everybody to start he goes kevin why don't you get up there on that tea box and start us all off if you've never been in that situation that will make you a praying man and i got up there and i teed that ball up on a branch that i found Because I figured I was better at t-ball than golf. And so I teed it up about this high and there was some snickering going on back behind me. And I walked up there and I've never prayed so hard in my life. I said, dear God, if you're real, don't let me miss. I'm not asking for anything more than that. Do not let me miss. And so I got up there and I, and, I, and I get all squatted down like you're going to do a country papa squat. And uh, y'all ain't never done that, I know. And so I get down like this here, and I'm like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. as it is in heaven, give us this day. And somebody yelled, Hit it! And I was like, Okay! And I reared back, and I hit that stick instead of the ball. Not really. I hit the ball. I topped it. I don't know how you top a ball that's teed up this high, but I did. And it went out there, and it bounced off the lady's tee box. And I was standing there, and I turned around, and I said, did anybody see where that went? And this one fellow said, you nearly had to pull your britches down because you didn't make it past a woman's tee box. I said, I'm just giving y'all a chance. And so I see this big dun horse come in and, and I'm like in the middle and so I'm thinking, okay, somebody's gonna go first, somebody's gonna go first, and I've got everything ready. And I guess they drove straws back there or something, because the shoot boss walked up and he goes, Alright, cowboy, you're out first. And I was like, what? And I was like, Alright, I'm gonna set the stage right here, baby. And I so I stuck mo mo glove in there and, and I twisted it and I got a good bind. And I Nodded for it, and nothing happened. And I figured out that I really wasn't nodding; I was screaming. But uh, anyway, that was my cry. And so they they turned the they they opened the gate, and that old big dun horse come out, and he took about three deals, and he set me up real good. And then he just uh, he exploded. And the next thing I know, I got a mouthful of arena, and I get up. And I kind of put my hat, you know, kind of pull my hat down. And there's this weird sound going on. And everybody, the whole stands, are standing up just cheering like you wouldn't believe. And I know I didn't ride that thing for three or four seconds. And I thought, man, this is a good crowd. And the announcer is laughing. I mean, he is belly laughing and i thought that's rude that is just rude and so here comes this clown when the clown runs out to you during the bareback riding it's never a good thing and here comes a clown and he's running out to me and my horse is still just a pitching and a farting out through there and uh, and he shakes my hand and i hear the announcer say people I have been announcing rodeos for 20 years. And he said, I have never, ever seen such an extraordinary ride in all my life. And I thought, man, I must have put a whooping on him. And I get back to the chutes, and cowboys are laughing and patting me on the back. And I'm like, thanks. I don't know what, I mean, you know, when you're that awesome, you don't even know sometimes. What, what's going on and so anyway my buddy Chad he comes up to me and he's up in the bull riding and he goes how did you do that and I was like you know do you ask how did I do what <laughs> and I just looked at him you know like cowboys will and just like nah, it's just what we do <laughs> and then I looked around I said what did I do he said, You didn't do that on purpose? And I said, Well, I might have. W- 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 I mean, I know what I did. I want you to tell me if you saw what I knew I did. And he said, You're full of crap. He said, You really don't know what everybody's laughing about. And I said, I ain't got no idea. He said, It was a dangerous thing. He said, You screwed down on that horse. You got your old hand in there, and then you started screaming like a girl. <laughs> and everybody was asking, is he calling for it, or is he like a, a Viking warrior or what? He said, I was a little bit embarrassed, and then you yelled, turn him out! And they opened the gate, Kevin, and you got your mark out just like you had been to the NFR. And that's about as pretty as it got. And he said, that big old dun horse, he set you up like that. And on that second jump, whenever he skied up there, he said, you was laid back real pretty. He said, I knew you was already off. You just hadn't come off yet. He said, but you were so pretty. And as you came off, so did your hat. And I said, really? He said, yeah, and that's where it gets great. He said, you come off like a rag doll. It was pretty ugly. And he said, in mid-flight, you reached out and you grabbed your hat and you put your hat back on. He said, then you hit like a big old, big old sack of taters. And I said, yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, amen is kind of a, a kind of a churchy word. It's not a bad word. I don't want you to think that it's a bad word. But there there's another form of amen that cowboys use. And, and it usually it, it's in the ancient cowboy dialect. And amen in the ancient cowboy dialect is did y'all see that? So as I'm walking back. Before the next guy, he said, "Now, folks, the announcer said this, he said, "Folks, I just want y'all to know that that was the most extraordinary buck off that I think I've ever seen. Let's give him another round of applause, and they did, and they did. We've been talking about how do we live our Christian lives, and, you know, I mean the, the, the question that I get asked time and time and time and time again is, I want to do something for God. I want to live the right way. I just don't know what to do. My answer to that is a simple one. Welcome to the club. But honestly, we have been studying for the past four weeks of RIDE for God. And RIDE is an acronym, and R stands for resources. A lot of times when people start doing things for God, they think they got to go get something new. God made you who you are. Use who you are, use what you are. Use the resources that God has already given you, whether that be a gift or or whatever the case may be. The I stands for inventors. Cowboys are the greatest inventors in the world because they will spend nine days trying to figure out how to do a four-minute job easier. That's where, uh, you know, I think the, the American cowboy is the one that, that must have... The, the Industrial Revolution, I think they had some cowboys that got... Sick of punching cattle, so they went over there. But the D stands for day workers. You know what? Maybe you don't have any resources that you know of. Maybe you're not very inventive and can't figure out a way to do a, a four-minute job easier that takes nine days. But maybe you can dig a post hole. Does everybody know what a, what, what a post hole is? It's actually an, a rock-locating exercise that cowboys perform. I know you y'all have probably never been through that, but if you, want, if you wanted to find a rock, just find the softest place you can find, pick that part to build your fence, and it'll be going good. And you'll be like, oh, this is going to be easy. Think. And the biggest rock in Elbert County will be in the bottom of your hole. It'll happen every single time. But the E, today, I'm going to tell y'all I'm going to show you how you can live the kind of life that God wants you to live. Because E stands for awesome. <laughs> Doesn't it, Jared? <laughs> so does A, so does B, so does D, so does... No, not really. E stands for extraordinary. E stands for extraordinary. How many of us here, and you don't have to, you don't have to clap your neighbor, or anything like that. You don't have to turn around and talk to anybody. You don't even have to raise your hand. But how many of us here are sick of living that ordinary life? How many of us are sick of doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results? Isn't that what they say that the the definition of insanity is? Is is, uh, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results? That's bull. Insanity is arguing with your wife. <laughs> I heard an a- I heard one amen. Did y'all see that that's I heard a couple of those though. The secret to living an extraordinary life. we can't do anything for God unless we are living an extraordinary life. We need to go from ordinary to extraordinary ordinary people are constantly worried they're constantly struggling they're constantly doing all of these things trying to make things better and nothing ever gets better it's time to go from the ordinary to extraordinary Colossians 1 9 through 11 I'll be reading from the from the contemporary English version it says the apostle Paul says We have not stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. This is in verse 9. We ain't stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. In fact, we always pray that God will show you everything he wants you to do and that you may have all the wisdom and understanding understanding that his spirit gives. Then you will live a life that honors the Lord and you will always please him by doing good deeds. You will come to know God even better. His glorious power will make you patient and strong enough to endure anything and you will be truly happy. Step number 1 in 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 becoming <clears throat> a coughing fit Step number 1 in living an extraordinary life is this right here. Folks, I've been saying this for 2 weeks. My wife has heard it and heard it and heard it. I'm working on my own life. I'm working on my own spiritual wellness. I'm in no different of a boat than y'all do, except I get to stand up here and have everybody laugh at me, is that you have to do what God tells you to do. But there's, there's a difference in knowledge and applying that knowledge. What we have to get to, the first step in living an extraordinary life, is as simple as do what he's telling you to do. Do what he's telling you to do. How do we know what God wants us to do? And, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. You know what? Maybe he doesn't want you to do anything except just get closer to him. Folks, there is no greater service in in the kingdom of God than just becoming close to him because that right there is, is is the way. That's the start of the trail. If you can't find the start of the trail, you'll never end up on the trail. How do we know what God wants us to do? There's two ways. There's two ways to do what God wants you to do. Number one is read the Bible. And I understand that that's tough sometimes because it's got a bunch of words and and stuff that you don't, and you don't really know what they're talking about and stuff like that. But people say, well, I've never heard from God. Well, then you've never picked up your Bible. The Bible is God speaking words to you. And all of it, in Timothy, it says that all Scripture is is good for for everything. And I'm not going to quote it because I ain't good at that. But it says the Scriptures are good for everything. You can read something, maybe you don't get something out of it today. But maybe it's for tomorrow. Don't think that you didn't get something out of it because you didn't have an angel you know, come down and, and, and in the tack room and, and, and bless your saddle or something like that. Man, just read. Read the Word of God. The second way is to pray. A lot of times people say, well, I, don't, you know, I just don't know how to do this stuff. You know what? There's no magic formula. There is no incantation that you can recite that's going to make something happen. The only thing that makes stuff happen when we pray is our belief that God loves us. And there's nothing stronger than that. Read the Bible and pray. We have to learn to go from just knowing what God says to applying what God says if we want to have an extraordinary life. You know, doing what God says, God doesn't say, hey, man, um, I want you to do this. This is how I want you to live your life. And, you know, if... Uh, but, but that's really just a suggestion. You really don't have to do it. I mean, we need to take what he says and do it. it. He's not talking to someone else. When you read the Bible, I think a lot of times you're like, oh, well, that must apply to Kevin, but that doesn't apply to me. That entire Bible is written just for you, not for anybody else. It's written just for you. And it may be that you need to do something Or maybe it's that you need to stop doing something. I don't know. All of us have to live our own lives. And maybe God's saying, I want you to do this. Or maybe he's saying, I want you to stop doing this. God is not out to to make us unhappy. It's the exact opposite. But so many times we look at worldly things and think that's what's going to make us happy. So that's what I'm going to do. And then we wonder that God's punishing us because we went down the wrong road. And he's like... Well, dummy, I told you which way to go if you wanted to be happy. All you have to do is go this way. Whatever it is, the first step in having an extraordinary life is just to do what he says. It really isn't more difficult than that. Now, there may be some difficult things that you have to do. Folks, if you think that, that leaving behind my ranch in, in, in Texas and, and moving up here not knowing a single one of you or anything like that was easy... It's double tough. But you know what? If God calls you to it, he'll get you through it. I guarantee you. Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the Internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling. All of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. (laughs) Okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to savethecowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. Don't leave it to somebody else.